there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Sheldon Boyce, who's our um, assistant producer, actually the one producing this one today. And I have in studio with me Elijah, who is a producer. Sometimes host, sometimes co-host, um, just sort of the extraordinary brains behind the podcast. And so thank you, Elijah, for being a part of this. Uh, if you want to know more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, I encourage you to head on over to our website at crosswinds.church, crosswinds.church. Well, if you heard last week's episode, and if you didn't, I would encourage you to stop this one, go back, listen to that one, then come back to us. Um, But we are um, having a conversation with a good friend of mine, Pastor John Baker. He pastors a church over in Ohio, Cleveland area. Um, He shared sort of his background in Christ, you know, his his calling to ministry, his coming to the Lord, um, just growing in the Lord. Um, But we we ended the last podcast really where we're going to start this one, and that is... Um, his diagnosis with pancreatic cancer, and 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 really when where we left it was um, a doctor coming in after doing some testing and basically saying you have pancreatic cancer, it's inoperable, um, and very bluntly um, saying to him and his wife, uh, you know what I'm saying, like you understand what I what I mean by this. I'm not sugarcoating it. And then leaving the room. Um, later that night, uh, John and his wife, Michelle, they went to a prayer meeting that was just weekly prayer meeting at their church. And here's John who says, this is what I've been told. I know I want to glorify God through this, but I'm really not sure what this is. Um, and so as we jump into that, I want to welcome back again, Elijah, thanks for being in the studio. Of course. Thank you. And John, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know it's You're your welcome. heart to, to use it to glorify God, so thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Oh, uh, yeah. So tell me, did, did, did I... Is that where we were at, right? Is talk That's where we're at. Yeah, so so where where do we go from here? So the, you you're at that prayer meeting. I'm sure the church is right. as stunned as you are. Mhm. Mhm. Then what? Had no idea where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, then you start what's this look like, you know, is what do you do for treatment? Yeah. You know, where do you go? Um people try to be very helpful. So they give you all sorts of stuff, you know, and you have to wade through all that. But uh, one of the things that happened after that moment was, you know, what's the next step, you know, and, and I got, there's so many doctors involved in all of this, you know, so we get passed off from that endo, uh, endoscopy doctor uh, to oncology and to other doctors started seeing uh, various doctors about all this. So we started, we worked through Cleveland clinic uh, to start with, uh, somebody sent me information about Mayo Clinic, which we're familiar with, having worked out in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, Mayo's, you know, world renowned. Found out that they're one of the top pancreatic cancer doctors or, or uh, departments in the world. Uh, so we made an application. It's interesting. We had to make application to their program. We didn't. Okay. You don't just go there. You have to. They have to think that you're you're hopeful. There's some hope for you. So scurried around getting that around was working with doctors here at Cleveland Clinic. And I think one of the next things that really hit me, we had to meet with the oncology doctor on main campus here in Cleveland and just walking into this whole cancer center at Cleveland Clinic. It's a big, big hospital. Um, They're about second or third in the world in 
size and scope of what they can do. Um, so we walk into the the oncology or the whole cancer building. And as I'm walking in there, the reality that I am sick really hit me because you get a diagnosis and you think, well, that's not really me. Okay. You know, that, that's somebody else. You know, it, I can't be that sick. And then just sitting there in that waiting room, I actually, I started to cry, you know, because mm. I'm like, this is scary. You know, what what's going to happen to me? And at this point, nobody had told me, you got a month, you got two months, you got a year, you got five years. I had no idea. I, I thought I might be dead by Christmas. I just didn't know. And uh, just overwhelmed. And then going in and sitting with that oncology doctor, the head of the pancreatic cancer unit here at Cleveland Clinic. And he looks at my stuff and, you know, he says, well, sadly, pancreatic cancer is one of the worst cancers you can get. And he goes, you know, not a lot of people survive it. Those who do, if they survive out I think a year or two years after treatment and surgery, uh, then you have, a, you know, then chances are you'll survive another two years. If you survive four, then you might survive eight. And it goes, once you get out past six, seven years and you survive that, you're probably going to be okay. Okay. Um, but he said, very few people get there. And he said, likely the likelihood if we cure it or get rid of the cancer, there's probably a 75% chance it'll come back. You know, something else, it'll pop up again. And so then we get scheduled with surgeons and whatnot. And I remember we are on our way to the surgeon's office with Cleveland Clinic um, several, about a week later. And we had applied to Mayo and didn't hear anything. And I get this phone call from Mayo. And this is where God started to show up in little ways, but I wasn't really seeing it all the time. And so this was mid-September into September. A year ago, right? Yeah, a year ago. Yeah. A year ago, so 2022, summer yeah. after the summer 2022, and this gal calls me from uh, Mayo Clinic and says, "You know, we got your application. We need to schedule some appointments." And so I'm on the highway driving <laughs> down into downtown, and I'm like, "Wait, I got appointments." And she said, "Yeah, we got we got a whole bunch of appointments lined up. Sorry, we're gonna have to go over a weekend because we could only get you in on a Friday and a Monday, so you have to spend a weekend here." And I'm like, "Wait, that means I got accepted?" And she goes, "Yeah." Only about 250 people out of several thousand that apply get accepted into our program. And, wow. and uh, Dr. Trudy, who is the second in the world on pancreatic cancer, uh, they the team looked at your case and think we can really help you. So, yeah, you're you got in our program. Wow. Uh, so I get all that news. I'm like, well, that's a praise, you know, and he thought something could be done about this. And so that was exciting. Got on down. It was a sunny, beautiful morning. Got on down to the surgery unit, uh, the surgeon, the pancreatic surgeon at, at Cleveland Clinic, and he was very helpful too. He's like, you know what? Uh, we can take out the pancreas. I did not know you could live without a pancreas, but you can these hmm. days. Um, there's different approaches to how much chemo you get before, after, and radiation and whatnot. Uh, but he said, you know, you do some chemo here. We get things to shrink, and we'll take your pancreas out. You'll be on enzymes the rest of your life. You'll be an instant diabetic because your pancreas is what uh, produces insulin in yeah. your body. So you'll have to, you know, you'd be a type, but a type three or whatever it is, diabetic instantly. Um, but he was helpful, and so the hope sort of started to change a little bit there. Uh, as we started to go through that road last fall. And then we started making, first of October, we made our first round out to Mayo Clinic, got scans out there, um, you know, so they could see what was going on. And they were hopeful about the possibility. They wanted me to go through so much chemo treatments, 12 cycles of chemo treatment uh, to get things shrunk. And then that doctor, Dr. Trudy, 
was looking to take out part of my pancreas, which would save me from being a diabetic or a, a worse diabetic. So that's why we're going with Mayo Clinic uh, over Cleveland Clinic. So they started steering the ship and uh, mm. then had to go out there every four cycles. So about every two months had to go out to Mayo Clinic to get more testing done, uh, see where I'm at in this whole process. Uh, and Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland Clinic was doing all the day-to-day stuff. Mayo Clinic was sort of calling the shots as to what was happening. So that was my last year with tests and shots and getting poked all the time. Loads of fun. You know, so, you know, I I have the advantage of, of knowing you and, and, and having a little more intimate knowledge of your story, but um, one of the, 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 the great challenges is, is chemo, right? So you're, you're going in for these treatments and, you know, basically, you know, they're the the chemo that they do now is is certainly a whole lot more advanced than it ever was, but it's still attacking your body. And, and and so, you know, I know you talked in the last episode that ignorance is sometimes bliss, but as yep. you start to become more familiar with chemo, you start to understand what you're looking to go into. Yes. But one of the things when we sat in, about a month ago and you were sharing with me is something that that you did with that and said, okay, God, how are you going to use me? Like you went into chemo thinking, can I, can I minister to the nurses? Can I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be sitting here. How long was some of your chemo treatments? Let, let the well, people because- hear that. Because I was a bad patient, I had all sorts of. The nurses are like, "We're gonna miss you when you're done because you have all sorts of weird things going on." <laughs> Normally, I normal patient going through the regimen I was going through is about six hours every other week. So you have mm-hmm. to have blood work on one day. They test that, then you come in for a six hour treatment. I was there most days over eight hours because I would get what they call rigors. One of the drugs they were giving me would cause me to shake. I'd start slurring my speech where I could hardly talk. Uh, so then they'd have to give me Demerol, another drug to calm that down. So I was there, you know, a whole day, you know, every other week with all these nurses and stuff. And, and you, you, you during some of those times, it, it would always interest me. You, um, you actually uh, put out like, hey, I'm going to be sitting there all day tomorrow. If you have prayer requests, send them my yeah. way. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, I mean, you know, here you are going in, people are praying for you and, and just this whole thing of saying, well, I'm, you know, if I'm going to be here, I might as well do something productive. I mean, what, what, what's going on? Hey, the worst thing you can do to a pastor is put him in a spot in a chair for eight hours and let him be bored. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So I still have my laptop. You know what? I, I feel guilty. I have so many people praying for me. And I don't feel like I deserve that much attention and that much prayer. And so it really was a conviction to me, you know, how dare I be asking for prayer and telling people what's going on, but not being willing to pray for others. And I'm sitting there for eight hours. So why not spend some time just, you know, getting prayer requests back? So I've done that three or four times now, you know, just today, it's not about me. Thank you for praying if you do, but it's not about me. You know, how can I pray for you? And so I w- I got a lot of responses, people praying for all sorts of people about cancer and sick and whatnot, but boy, I can identify with them now. Um, so yeah, I'd spend some of those days just praying, just, you know, prayer requests would come in over Facebook and I'd just stop and spend some time praying for that person, thinking about them, lifting the animal up. So that, that was a blessing for me. One of the things that happened, I think it was about three chemo treatments. Now I'm on, I've been through three different types of chemo. I'm on my third type of chemo because the first two didn't work. First one worked really well. Second one didn't work at all. Now they got me on a third type. Um, And I went in, 
I, you're right, Craig, you start to know what's going to happen to you. And that, that in itself is scary and causes a lot of stress. But I went in, you know, whining on the way in, literally driving in, you know, and like, oh God, just give me a, a good oncology nurse today. And, you know, just, you know, bring people around me that can help me. And the Holy Spirit just stopped me and said, why don't you turn that prayer around? Who do you need to be sent to today? What nurse needs to have you come into their room that you can be a blessing to them instead of you being selfish in your thinking and thinking who can bless me? Maybe you need to turn that around a bit and who can you be a blessing to today? Man, that hit me as I was going into my you know next treatment. And uh, so I went into that day saying, okay, God put people in my path today that I can bless, that I can talk to, that I can be cheery. Uh, the oncology office is is a tough office, you know, oh, a, a tough imagine. area. Half the people there are going to die. You know, that, that's just the reality of, of what's going on. And those nurses are, have been wonderful and awesome. And I've been in there enough that probably over half the people in there are not happy and sad, mad, whatever. And it comes out. And, you know, I don't want to be one of those people. Mm. Christ has changed me. And even though things may not be good for me, and I may be dying myself. I don't know. God could still heal me. I don't want to sit there and I want to be a light to those people and a joy to them. I want them to miss me if I leave. Huh. I don't I don't want them to be like, I'm glad he's out of here. <laughs> you know, I, I want to be a light to them. And I've been able to share my faith a couple times. I had one nurse come in when I was in the hospital. I have never been in the hospital. That That's a new one. Uh, as a pastor, I've been in the hospital, but never in the bed. So... I've been in the hospital three times, one time for 14 days because I got C. diff. That's a really nasty thing you don't want to get. But I had a nurse come in. It was early in the morning, like six in the morning. You don't sleep in hospitals, by the way. Uh, but she comes in to do vitals and whatnot. And she said, you know, I got to ask you. And I never I never tell people I'm a pastor. I don't like wearing that on my sleeve. And But they because find out. a lot out, of times it shuts know. down conversations mm -hmm. other, rather Sometimes than starting it does. them. Yeah. 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 But just through talking, they find, well, what yeah. do you do? You know, it just comes up. But she comes in, she goes, you know, I don't get this. You're a pastor. You're doing good work. You're you're a godly man. You know, from what I'm hearing from you, you know, you, you're trying to serve God. This doesn't seem right. How are you not mad at God? And I said, you know what? I, I Through this whole thing, I have not gotten mad at God. Now, I've questioned him because I don't like it. I don't understand why this is happening to me. Um, but I've never gotten mad at him. What's happened to me happens to all people. You know, just because I'm a pastor does not, you know, put a hedge around me that I'm not touchable, you know, and I've gotten sick like hundreds and hundreds of other people have gotten sick. We, I've eaten poorly. I've not taken care of my body probably as good as I should have, you know, so why shouldn't I get this? We're in a fallen world, a broken world, and I just gotten what other people get in humanity. So I've not gotten mad at God through that, I think part of that not being mad at God has helped me be able to ask him, how do you want me to use this? You know, uh, what do you want me to do through this? You know, how can I minister better through this? You know, someday for me, this is all going to be gone. All the tears, all the pain, all that's going to be gone. I have hope because I know where I'm heading after this, after this life is over. And then one of the things that really hit me and this happened probably a year ago, fall in the fall of 2022. I did some stats and there's been like, I don't know, 7 
billion people on the earth. Some scientists got together and figured out how many people have been born. And out of all those billions of people that have been born, only two people that I know of got off this earth alive, Elijah and Enoch, even Jesus died. Yeah. And I said, and yet we run around acting and thinking and like, like we're going to beat the odds <laughs> and the odds are like one against, you know, 3 billion, some people, you know, the chances are, you're not going to get off this earth alive. We're all going to die. And yet we act like we're not like divine and healing so, is temporary in the sense yeah, yeah. that, in the yeah. sense that you may not die of whatever he healed you of, but you're going to die. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless, and, unless we happen to be, uh, when he returns, right? Raptured out of here. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're raptured out, we're going to be part of those seven billion that that uh, you know. If you put seven billion in two, two two went one way. The other seven billion of mm. us are all going to go the same way, and and yep. uh, that's interesting. Elijah, yeah, but yet we yeah, go ahead. We act like we're going to beat the odds. That's what gets yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true, and I think you know, as as I get older, um, I mm-hmm. you, you do you just think, well, you know, I know other people are getting older, but. I'm not right. I'm not as old as they are, even though we're they're, they're, we're the same age. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Elijah, you have a question? Yeah, I mean, just hearing you share, John, it, about how your conviction to to pray for to pray for others and to to care for others really speaks to your your pastor's call, mm-hmm. and it really speaks to. I think who who God has designed you to be and what He's designed you for and His His calling for you and His mission for you and um, just you have already, but can you share about that? Like how God has He's He's laid this this burning passion and desire to be a pastor on your heart and He's put you in in this position. You know, like can you share about that? Right. Well, let me back up just a little bit to bring us to that point. One of the things that I always wanted to talk to somebody about was death and dying. And mm-hmm. I could find very few people in my life that were willing to talk about this. I, I remember my dad's passed away and uh, he was, I think, 84 when he passed. But I, I even asked him once, you know, what you're closer to death than I am. What do you do? How do you process that? How do you deal with that? And he would just change the subject. Well, I, I just don't think about it. And that's the common response. When I got into this, I I talked to God a good bit about this. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be somebody who's willing to talk about the good, the bad, the scary, the fear, you know, the assurance. I want to be open about what I'm going through. And that moving through that in my spirit has opened so many, so many doors. Um, Because what I found is so often in the church, even when really bad things happen, some for some reason, we got this idea that we have to put a smiley face on and everything's just fine. And I got the joy of Jesus in my heart and everything's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's a lie. It, it, things are tough. Things are rough. And so I wanted to be open and honest about that. And it opened, it's opened up all sorts of doors and conversations for me to talk to people. And uh, I, I'm, I don't get it. I'm having better ministry now than I've ever had my entire ministry. And yet I could (laughs) die. You know, it's like, God, that doesn't make sense. This isn't fair. You know, Uh, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. But for whatever reason, God's opened up all sorts of doors, you know, just because I guess I'm willing to be open and honest about where I am. And I've tried to do that. I Facebook posts. I have people ask me to Facebook post now uh, to keep them updated, but just try to be honest and open about 
the good and the bad. I have, mm-hmm. I have great days and I have some really bad days, you know, uh, about a week ago, I was uh, the night before I get chemo treatments, as Craig was saying, I know what's going to happen to me. I know how my body's going to feel. I know yeah. how I'm going to hurt and uh, the tiredness. That, that's been one of the big things is just being tired. And I sat down on the couch and I just couldn't help but cry a little bit. And my wife came over and I asked her to just, you know, sit down. She held me and I began to weep. I, I could not stop. I did not want to do this. I told her I'm done. I don't want to do any more of this. I don't like the way I feel. I don't, I'd rather die than go through this again. And we just sat and cried for about you know, a half hour or so. Um, Cause it's just not pleasant. It's not fun at all. I've, I've been so fortunate though. Cause even going through this, I, I hear the stories of others that have gone through chemo and they've had it a lot, lot worse than I have. Luckily, I've only gotten a little sick to my stomach, you know, and gotten tired. I haven't gotten the nausea and throwing up. I, I've kept my hair, which is unbelievable. All the nurses still think that's just not real that I got it all turned white, but at least I have it. Hmm. Um, so God's been good through some of this. But knowing knowing what what's coming ahead is just so scary and man, it fills me with a lot of fear at times and it's real, you know, and just to put on a smiley face and say, it's all okay. It would be a lie because it's not, I don't, I, and I get mad at God. You know, I, I don't, I don't get angry at him. I don't blame him for this, but it's like, God, why, why does this have to happen? You know, why am I going through this? I don't like, why won't you just step in and heal? That's another one, hmm. you know, and I've had to wrestle through that is because God, I believe, and I still trust that any moment he could say, you know, you've done what I wanted you to do. Cancer's done. It's over. He hasn't done that so far. I don't know why. Um, but then about two weeks ago, he hit me with that one. I was whining and I'll, you know, I'm still human. And so I bellyache and whine. And God just got a hold of me and said, I, I'm not going to leave you, but you can trust me with whatever happens. Do you really believe that? I'm in, I'm, I'm God, I'm still in charge. And I had to back up and say, you know what? I don't know that I am trusting you like I should, you know, and whether this turns out good or bad, I need to trust you fully that you know what you're doing. You're still on the throne. You still got this in control. And even if this leads to my death, that's okay. Mm. You know, because God, this, this, I, I had this reality come to me about last January we don't own our bodies. We think we do, but even our very breath is a gift from God. And at any moment he can take it away and say, you're, you're done. It's over for you. Um, but yet we grab a hold of life and think we own it. No, we don't. And, and I don't own this body. It's God's body. And do I really believe that? Do I really trust him with that? Uh, I've had to wrestle through, through that. And it's, it's come with a lot of tears and with a lot of uh, confusion and, and a good bit of fear as well, just walking down that road. Do I really trust him? For years, you preach this stuff. I'm now living it, you know, and I have to live out what I really have taught all these years about trusting God and really just falling into his arms and hmm. being okay with whatever he brings about. Hmm. Does that answer? Does that go where you wanted me to go? Or yeah, no, that's thinking yeah, there? Did I answer your good, question? Man. That's awesome. Hey, John, you did a post a while back, and I know you got in trouble a little bit from your wife, Michelle. And as I met with you, I said, well, you're not in trouble by me, but I didn't like the way you posted it. Um, yeah, you're just, on Team Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on Team Michelle. I was very clear on that. 
Um, and uh, but, but just because we love you and, and the way you, I knew how you meant it even when you wrote it. And I thought it was brilliant. I just wish I hadn't heard it from you because of, of just our closeness. Um, but it was sort of these thoughts from a dying man. Yes. And, and, you know, so much of it, when you wrote that, I think you said people were saying, are you, are you you're like, you're, are you dying now? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they thought it was like imminent. And, um, but you're, you're, talk a little bit about that. You're, 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 what you were, the post was brilliant and it was just, and you've talked about this, but dig a little deeper with us, if you don't mind, on the fact that, okay, you know that if God doesn't heal you, this is how you're going to die. But if he does heal you, you're still going to die sometime if you're not raptured, right? And, and, right. and what your yep. point was is everyone understand their mortality in a sense of, yeah, we're immortal as believers in a sense that once we die, we'll be with them for eternity. But there's that little thing called death between here and there. Yeah, and, right. and it was, a, And to me, it was a brilliant wake-up call for everyone to say, you may be feeling bad for me because I know that if God doesn't heal me, this is, this is I have an understanding of how it's going to happen. But do you realize it's going to happen for you? And, and, mm-hmm. and talk to me a little bit about that. Po- it was a couple of posts, actually, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a few of them. And, and just... Um, Share with people who didn't read the post what what your heart was in sharing it that way and what you were hoping people would take from it. Right. Yeah, I labeled it uh, thoughts from a dying man. And then my wife got after me for that. That's not nice. Yeah, it was hard for us to hear it from you. But, you know, I was just thinking about that. We all die. I just happen to be one of those people that know it could happen sooner than most, you know, that it could come, you know, um, after this last chemo this summer that happened, it nothing changed with it. And the docs came at Mayo, by the way, has dropped me. I'm no longer with Mayo because they only want to, you know, if you're if you're good and help getting help, then we want you on our stats. Otherwise, nope, you're out. So we're out of Mayo. So you don't have to count um, you on your stats. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah, okay. I've, I've learned hospitals are big business. Yeah, I big guess so. business. Yeah. And it's all about ratings yeah. still in hospitals. So, But anyway, got dropped from them. But my doctor came in. And Mayo said it, and then my oncologist here said, you probably have, if if you're really good 10 months, you're more looking at six months, you know, unless something drastically changes, which it probably won't. So, you know, I'm two months into that six months, so I get four months more, according to them, but I still feel great. Um, when you're hit with the reality that, you know, death is right here, it's coming, it really starts to change your perspective the way you look at things. Uh, and it it has changed my perspective dramatically. I I don't know how to frame this. Um, I don't like cancer. I don't like what it's done to me physically, but I would not exchange it for how I've grown spiritually. And does that make sense? Or can you wrap your yeah, mind around that yeah. a little bit? It is it has affected me spiritually in profound ways. My relationship with Christ is deeper now than it's ever been in my life. And it wouldn't have been had it not been for the diagnosis of cancer. You know, so it is growing my relationship and my trust in him in, in, in measurable ways. And so I was sort of wanting to communicate that, you know, notes from a dying man. This is where, I, this is what I've learned. This is where I've grown. Um, simple things like just enjoying each day. You know, don't don't pass up a day where you enjoy it. You don't find something good in this day to thank God for, you know, some way to help somebody else, you know, uh, some way to glorify him and just say, thank you for doing this. You know, we just get so wrapped up in life doing day by day by day. That's hit me this fall. We take for granted that we'll have next year's fall. 
you know? Yeah. So if you didn't get out and enjoy the leaves this year, ah, there's all next year, you know, there's yeah. next Christmas. No, there's not, not necessarily. And so stop and smell the roses, I guess, you know, stop and just enjoy what God's put before you enjoy the family around you. And then how are you impacting the world while you're here? You know, God gave us all of this to enjoy and for our blessing, but he also leaves us here to do his work, Mm. you know? So how are we helping the kingdom? What are we doing for the kingdom that isn't temporary, but eternal? And that really began to press in on me. And I want other people, I don't want you to have to go through cancer to get what I've gotten. So I was trying to help people get a little of that understanding without having to get a cancer diagnosis. No, you know, it, so it made perfect was... sense. Like I said, I thought the posts were brilliant. And if they had come from anyone else, um, you know, a number of people I didn't know, uh, I would have appreciated them. And I appreciate them from you, but it was just, it really brought some things home that I didn't want to bring home. And mm-hmm. so that that that's that's why I was Team Michelle. I was Team John with the writing, Team Michelle with just the reality <laughs> of how to, how I was dealing with that. So but I but I agree I can label them that way again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get in trouble again. Yeah, that's right. Don't 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 I don't want to get in trouble with, with Michelle either. So uh no, no, absolutely. John, let me ask you a question. I don't want to put you on the spot. Can can you do one more po- one more episode with us? Do you have time? Yeah, I have no. Yeah, I got I got time. Okay, okay. So, because uh, I want to stop there, because I have three, a few more questions. I know Elijah has a couple we just want to deal with. I want people to hear from you. Uh, and, and so I don't want to cut off what I think God is doing. And I have a couple of questions. I just want to hear your answer, but I want others to hear it too. Okay. And so let's sure. stop there, and then we'll do one more episode. And it will be out next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to be able to, to release that as well. Um, so join us next week. Uh, remember uh, to check out crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out more things about this podcast. And of course, Crosswinds Church. Um, uh, John, again, thank you for being a part of this. You're Can't welcome. wait to continue the conversation. Uh, but for now, uh, as always, be blessed and bless others. Yeah.